What is going on, everybody? It is Ben Miller here from your Westside Lions podcast. We've got another week in the bag for us here. It was this week, Detroit versus the Indianapolis Colts. It was not a great game, but we're going to talk about it anyway. we got to talk about it anyway because we got things to talk about. Good, bad, other. So let's get into it. With me, as always, we've got our two co-hosts here. We've got Jake. Jake, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing okay. Hanging in there, man. It's election week, apparently. It's not election day anymore, but it's election week <laughs> it has turned into. So I have spent a lot of time doing that and a, and a lot less time going into the Lions and film watching and um, breaking it down. But I think we still have a lot to talk about anyway, so we'll get into it here in just a second. With me, again, with Jake, we've got Austin Rudlin. Austin, how are you doing today, man? Hey, it's been a day, Ben. It's been a day. It's been a day. It has been a day. That is for sure. And a week. So, like, absolutely. Oh, man, it's been a week. (laughs) It's been, it's, let's be honest, it's been a year, man. It has been a (laughs) year. 2020 (laughs) is not over yet. Let's get into this Detroit Lions game because we do have a lot to talk about. Um, Detroit Lions versus Colts, like I talked about. Uh, it was not a great game. I'm, I didn't even pull up the score because it's embarrassing. Um, Detroit Lions, let's be honest, got handed their ass in this game. Um, it was an ugly game. But we're going to kind of get into some of our takeaways from this game. Let's see if anybody maybe has a little bit differing view, and let's just start off with it. What's the first takeaway from this week? Yeah, Ben, um... I mean, our defense came out, and I thought they that opening drive, they stopped them. Um, we now have, what, 11 or 12-game streak, something like that, where the opposing team hasn't scored on their opening drive. Um, yeah, they – shoot, I mean, our defense looked really good when they first came out, but our offense just couldn't stay on the field, and that, I think, was our downfall. Our defense just got too tired, wasn't able to keep up with them. Yeah, something along with what you said there um... – The Detroit Lions are the only team in the NFL who has scored first in every single game this season. I didn't believe that at first, and I looked it up. It's true. Detroit Lions are the only team in the NFL who has scored first in every single game this year. And it's not turned out so great all the rest of the time. But, I mean, we've we've got that. At least we've got that. We can hang our hat on that. Matt Patricia can hang his career on that, like he did last year. Um... So my takeaway is a little bit more grim. I believe that the future for this Detroit Lions game, or for the Detroit Lions team, is a little more grim than what Austin is thinking and talking about. Um, Up until this point, I have not really been sure exactly who the Detroit Lions are. They have spurts where they're good, spurts where they're bad, and it was hard to get a nail on them. I think I finally have the nail on what this team is. They are a team that has enough weapons that can get them just barely a win over bad teams, which we've seen, and they cannot even come close to a win against good... Like, they just look awful against decent to great teams. And and let me talk about why I think that. So, the Detroit Lions this year, let's look at who we've played. We have won so far against a Cardinals team, and everyone would say, okay, Cardinals team is good. Yes, they are good now. 
at that point, the Cardinals team was not good. They did not play well at all at the beginning of the season. So we had them when they were at their weakest, and they were a bad team, and we beat them. So bad team, Cardinals. Who's the other teams that we've beat? The Jaguars, awful team. And the Falcons, another bottom five team in the NFL. So those are the teams we've won. Okay, but let's look at the teams that we've lost to. Have we lost to anybody who's, you know, bad? Or, you know, let's look at that trend. And the games that we've lost, we've looked awful in. Here's the teams that we've lost to. Green Bay, and that game was awful. We just looked tremendously bad that game. The Saints, again, another game afterwards where we were just feeling awful about this team. And now the Colts, who just smacked us around. So that's, I think I finally figured out what this team is. And they will win again, they will skate it out against bad teams. And they will get dominated by good to great teams. Which puts us right at the bottom of average. Which is not good because we can't rebuild anything because we don't have the draft picks up high. And we don't feel good about our team because we're not winning any kind of championships. So we're right in the middle of this is awful zone. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we're going to be. I think that's where we're going to be. Jake, what do you got, man? What's your takeaway from this game? Um, Cutting into the game, um, I was going to... This game was used to figure out what this team is, like you said. And um, if it was a close game, I would have understood. But this was a bad game. Um, we got destroyed by the not-so-good Colts. I mean, this Colts team isn't bad, but they're not good. And um, it's embarrassing that Naeem Hines had such a great game against us because, I mean, he's not even – he's like the third stream back on that team when they're healthy. That's not good. Um I have one highlight from the game, which was Marvin Jones. He got two touchdowns, which mm-hmm. is good, considering he was trade bait. But honestly, heading into the future now, I'm I'm kind of heading towards a rebuild because um, I don't think this team should be average because when you're average, you don't really get anything. You don't get a playoff spot, and if you do, it's a, the sixth seed, and that's not going to get you anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see anything good for the direction we're heading into. I, I don't think we had have a good coaching staff. Our offensive coordinator looked awful. Mm-hmm. Patricia isn't looking great. I've said it I've said it the whole time. Fire Patricia. And I don't see that happening. It's embar- it's embarrassing to be a Lions fan cuz they're not doing anything. Right. They need to start and make they have to decide to do something. Fire fire a lot of the staff. Like keep some, but Fire Bob Quinn, fire Patricia. We got to completely rebuild this team so we can look like contenders for the future. Yeah, and something that you said that kind of reminded me of something um, which has surprised me a lot this year and I think surprised a lot of Lions fans is that the offensive coordinator has been just calling completely mellow game plans when last year... Daryl Bevel looked like he turned the offense around to be a huge offensive weapon. Mm-hmm. Like he was throwing bombs down the field every single game, flea flickers, keeping them on edge. And this time it's run, run, pass, run, run, pass, pass, run, pass. Like it's not, they're not doing anything <laughs> to 
switch it up to keep people on their toes. It's they're just the game plan. I just don't understand. Um, so I think, yeah, we'll definitely have those conversations. I think we'll be having those conversations about coaching and all of that in future weeks. Uh, we'll keep that for future weeks just because I think once we start getting into these more further on games, we're going to want something else to talk about besides the games. So we'll leave that for future weeks. But let's get it. Let's keep with this game and let's get into a little bit of the positives. Like you talked about, Marvin Jones had a nice, um, a nice showing, and that was because um, Kenny Galladay was uh, out for this game. He left this game with a hip injury early on, so Marvin Jones had to be the only wide receiver really um, to have to be relied on. Um, so besides Marvin Jones, Jeff Okuda played actually very well. Um, Jeff Okuda, between weeks six through uh, eight, I believe we're in week eight now, right? Yes. Okay, so week eight, through week six to week eight, he has been the third-rated rookie cornerback for coverage grade. Uh, He started off as last for the first six weeks, so he's definitely been playing a lot better. I've enjoyed watching him. And he's been making some good plays. He's number one in tackling for rookie cornerbacks. So he's getting there. He really is getting there. With the increased amount of time that he's been playing, he's been getting better and better. So it's been looking good for Jeff Okuda. I still have high hopes for him. I still think he's going to play great. Like we talked about, Marvin Jones had two touchdowns. Um, That, I mean, that even sounds a little bit more positive than what we were watching from this offense. It was, there were not a lot of opportunities on this offense. So two touchdowns was about all the good from the offense, except for once again, TJ Hawkinson coming in. Um, I mean, this guy, let's, let's just take like a minute here. Just talk about TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson, every single game is on our positives list. And he looks like he is one of the best tight ends in the league. He is tied for number two tight ends. There's a few players tied for number one, and then there's a few players tied for number two for tight end touchdowns in the NFL so far this season, and he is tied for second. TJ Hawkinson is playing very well. He needs to be a bigger weapon on this offense. What do you guys think about TJ Hawkinson, and what do you think his future could still hold for this team? Jake, let's start with you. Um, I think he's doing very well. It's a great improvement from rookie season, which rookie season wasn't too bad, just didn't get a whole lot of playing time. But, you know, he's being a very reliable target for Matthew Stafford because I, I, I see almost every time the ball's headed towards him, if it's not double coverage, it's a catch. Mm-hmm. And when he catches it, he gets yards after that because he fights for every yard. And I, I just love seeing that. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lions have drafted a lot of tight ends in the past years, and heading into the second season, I, I TJ Hawkinson has the best upside, and he's a keeper. I, I'd like to keep him throughout the years because he's definitely showing that he's going to help this team out. Yeah, absolutely. Austin, let's go to you next. Do you think that, these, that this team could possibly change their offensive lineup well not lineup but their game plan 
to get him more involved because it seems like they're not using him like the amazing player that he is. It seems like they are using him just as a last resort option. Do you think that he could fit into this offense still as a like top receiver at all times? Yeah, Ben. Um, yeah, he's he should be a focal point in our offense every week. Um, yeah, I mean, we've got Galladay and we've got Jones and I mean, push them aside. We got, we got Hawkinson. We need to feed him the ball right now. He's the number five ranked tight end in fantasy. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I know a lot of people that doesn't mean a whole lot, but for me, it does. He's on my team. Right. And he's on our lions team and we should be feeding him the ball He's a big body, he's got sure hands, and he's going to catch it if it's in his radius. So, Austin, I'm going to ask you this question specifically. Do you believe picking up TJ Hawkinson, where they picked him up last year in the draft, is it starting to look more like that was the right pick for the Detroit Lions? See, you know, I see why you asked me this question, because I was completely against picking him up in the first round when we got him. But after seeing and watching him for two years, I can agree that Bob Quinn actually made a smart decision for once in his frickin' life. So, yes, I I agree with that pickup. That is a win for me. So let's move on now. We're going to (laughs) walk into the negatives for this game. There was a lot. There's a lot of negatives for this team. So I'm actually going to just kind of roll through this because we got a lot. First off, the biggest one that was a negative for me was this offensive line. Throughout the first few games of this season, the offensive line has played very well. They've looked very good. They allowed five sacks this game. They did not look good. Um, The offense in general did not look good. The run game was absolutely stuffed. They could not get any run game going at all. DeAndre Swift ended with negative net yards this game. That's how bad that this game was for rushing. The passing game was also bad. And I'm going to stop here for a second. And I'm going to give the Colts all the, you know, all of the praise in the world for their defensive line. They only had to rush four players. And they were pressuring sacking, making Stafford bleed on every single time because they were just so good at the pass rush. We knew coming into this game that was going to be a rough, a tough thing for the offensive line to deal with, and they brought it. So that is why the run game was so tough and the passing game was so tough. When you only have to rush four people to get at the quarterback, you can keep everybody back and keep the passing game short. So that's what happened there. The offense in general did not look good. And there were only two great throws all game. Um, There was the one throw to Marvin Jones, which was a great throw that went off to be a touchdown. And then there was the throw to Marvin Hall that was over a 70-yard throw, which is just amazing. Stafford still got that arm, but... Stafford was frustrated because he just got demolished, which is a good transfer into Stafford's game. He did not look good. Again, this was because they he always had people in his face. He was 24 for 42, 
297 yards. He threw three touchdowns, which you're like, oh, that's not bad. But he had one interception that was a pick six and five sacks. He did not look good this game. He just got demolished on every single, single drive. He was just demolished. And he also had a fumble as well. So, I mean, Stafford had a rough game. He really did. And then, like we talked about earlier, another negative is Galladay left early in this game with a hip injury. We're going to talk about it a little bit later in the injury report as well. But that is uh, something to keep an eye on as well. And a huge, huge, huge negative for this team that has been a negative this entire year and last year, to be honest, as well. Um, but it's been kind of covered up because they we haven't had any pressure and our run game has been awful. So we haven't been noticing this as much because we've been worried about the defensive line. But our linebackers, specifically one linebacker, Jelani Tavai, is awful. We have, and I'm going to put money down on this, we have one good linebacker right now on our squad. You know what his name is? Well, maybe two, maybe two. One linebacker that is on our starters, and then one who is not starting because, for some reason, Matt Patricia doesn't like that kind of linebacker. Our one linebacker who's good, obviously, is Jamie Collins. He's played pretty well generally every game. So that is a good linebacker. And our second one is Jalen Reeves-Maven, who they hardly use except for special teams. Jelani Tavai is a bust. He was a pickup in the second round when he was projected to be an undrafted uh, draft pick. So we picked him up in the second round. And that looks like one of Bob Quinn's biggest busts, along with Tease Tabor. I put him right there with Tease Tabor. He cannot cover for anything. He's so slow. He makes mistakes. I, I don't get why we picked him up. I just don't get it. And so I think that that is going to be a major need for us in this offseason and upcoming draft is to revamp this linebacker core. Because right now we have a bunch of slow guys like him and Jared Davis who cannot cover and just sit in the middle of the field and they, they get beat every time because they can't cover running back. So they just, they're literally there to run block and that's it. And, and we can't have that. We have to have better linebackers. Our, our next one on our negatives is our secondary. Um, so I talked about how Jeff Okuda has been playing better these last games. Um, something that him and Oruwarie, who is trending very well right now for corners right now, um, but both of them are hesitating. They're hesitating before um, or while they're getting thrown to. So they're not trying to defend or block the pass. They are. They come up to the defender or the offensive player. The offensive player catches the ball, and they're sitting there. They're sitting there waiting for him to catch it, so they don't get a big play off off of that. Which I think that's a defensive scheme that Matt Patricia wants to run is we're going to give you these little passes here and there, but we're not going to let you take off big plays from us. And, but the issue is you can't play that way when you're playing a team that's obviously beating you. You have to be aggressive. You have to knock the ball out. Otherwise you can't get the ball back. If you're not 
taking advantage of your offensive times, you have to get the ball back, and you can't do that if you're letting them get first down after first down after first down. And that's where the issue really starts coming into where this defensive uh, scheme is playing. And then another one that I have on here is we're still not getting a lot of pressure or pass rush. Um, and to be fair, this offensive line is one of the top three offensive lines in the NFL. I thought it was going to be a long, hard task for them, for the Detroit Lions to get any pass rush this game. And you could uh, you could easily see it in this game. He Phillip Rivers had many seconds to sit back there and throw and was hardly ever um, pressured. And the thing is, those few times that we did get some QB pressure or sacks or whatever, almost 100% of the time that we got a pressure on that drive or a sack, it led to a punt on that drive. So when we're getting pressure, the scheme works to play that, okay, we'll let you catch the ball, but we're not going to get a big play. But before that, you have to attack. And we just can't do that right now. We're going to talk about later. We are getting Everson Griffin back for this game and then ongoing. So maybe, hopefully, that'll help our pass rush. I'm really hoping it does. But for this game, it was definitely something that was bad. Another one that we've got um, is something that's surprising to a lot of Detroit Lions fans. Matt Prater has been very inconsistent. And... Yes, he has been called on to do a lot of long kicks, but it's Matt Prater. You expect him to make those long kicks, and he has been very inconsistent this the, this season, even. Um, but I will say, besides Prater and those few mess-ups that he did have, the special teams looked good. I mean, we, we blocked a punt with only 10 players on the field. Um, so that's huge. I mean, it was a messed-up play, and we still got the blocked punt. Um, special teams in general has been playing very good this year. I really like our new special teams coordinator. I, I thoroughly do believe if Matt Patricia goes, he could be a seriously coach, a serious coaching candidate at the end of the year as well. Um, because he does have that lineage. He has the intelligence and he's got, and he has got the time with the team. So I think that's something to look at as well, but that's it for this Colts game. I'm done talking about it. I don't want to think about it anymore. We're going to put it in our rearview mirror. Never talk about it ever again. So what we're going to talk about now is each of our favorite play of the weekend. So Jake, let's talk with you first. What was your favorite play of this weekend or past week? My favorite play of the weekend was the Drew Locke game-winning touchdown pass to KJ Hamler. It was a great catch and a great pass and a great comeback win for the Broncos to beat the Chargers. Yeah, absolutely. That was a that was a cool ending to that game. I did want to see Chargers win, but that was a that was a it was a fun way to end that game. Mine mm-hmm. for this weekend and this last week had to have been one of the deepest passes in the world to Marvin Hall that Stafford threw. It was like I said, over seventy yards. That's just insane. And then of course I also enjoyed watching the Vikings beat the Packers because no one likes the Packers. Exactly. Austin, what what about you? What's your favorite play of this weekend? Um, so Ben, after after the Lions lost, uh, I was not very happy, and I didn't watch any more football the rest of that weekend. <laughs> so you took you took the Marvin Hall pass. So I went back and I watched the highlights of Delvin Cook running all over the Packers. So yeah, I'll just say all the of Packers? that. 
the Packers this season has had a lot of issues with stopping the run. And I think mm-hmm. when we play them again, if we're even sort of playoff contenders, um, I think the key to beating them will be the run game because they've struggled with the run, defending the run all year. And while Dalvin Cook is one of the best to do it, I think that's a good place where a lot of teams could take advantage of the Packers. And it was really fun to just watch Dalvin Cook just cook all over the Packers. It was amazing. So and next we we're going to get into... Do it against us. Oh my gosh, I know. Well, <laughs> let's... Perfect, perfect segue here into this week's game. Lions versus the Vikings. Um, we just talked about... Uh, so this Vikings strong points, like we just talked about... Dalvin Cook is one of their strongest points on this team by far. Dalvin Cook is an amazing running back who will just absolutely annihilate any defensive line that will give him space. Um, one thing I will say with that is that our defensive line has gotten very good with stopping the run. So I am hoping that maybe that can cancel that out. It is Dalvin Cook, so I still think he's going to be able to bust a few, but... If we can keep Dalvin Cook under control, I think it's going to be a big help for this team. Another strong point for the Vikings, Justin Jefferson, their rookie that they took this year in the draft, he's been playing very well as, uh, for their wide receiver core. And then, of course, you have to mention Adam Thielen, one of the best in the wide receiver groups for the Vikings for a very long time as well. Um, he's not having as high of a year as he's had in previous years, but it's Adam Thielen. You always have to account to him. He's still one of their top wide receivers by far. Let's talk about the weaknesses for this Vikings team. Their weaknesses are the defense overall is very, very young. They're very inexperienced. When they had a lot of trouble with their salary cap this year, they had to let go a lot of their defensive players. So right now, the defense does not play well. The defense is, like I said, very young. And that if that is going to be anywhere where we have to exploit, it's got to be our offenses firing on all cylinders. So that is where we take advantage of the Vikings. And another weakness that has not been as big of a weakness in previous seasons, but it is definitely for this season, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has been throwing many, many picks this season. Mm-hmm. And he's just been very inconsistent. And I believe that he is one of the Vikings' weakness for this game. So we'll have to take advantage of that. Um, if we have any week that we want to get the pass rush going, this is the week. If we can make Kirk Cousins uncomfortable, that's going to help us out a lot. So <clears throat> let's get into the injury report for this team. And this injury report is uh, valid as, as of today when we were recording, which is Thursday. So for the Detroit Lions, Jamal Agnew did not practice Kenny Galladay did not practice. Tracy Walker did not practice. Joe Dahl did not practice. Taylor Decker was limited in practice. Christian Jones was limited in practice. Daryl Roberts was limited in practice. Danny Shelton was limited in practice. Desmond Trufant is limited in practice. Halapuli Vati Vaitai was limited in practice. TJ Hawkinson was limited yesterday, but was full practice today, so that is good to see. But this is a little worrisome for the Detroit Lions because most of the time they have been very healthy. And we have many players on this injury report today who are either do not practice or limited practice. So that is something concerning going into the game. And now looking at the Vikings, um, Holton Hill did not practice. Mark Fields did not practice. Cameron Dantzler 
did not practice. Harrison Hand was limited practice. Those are all corners for the Vikings. So if all of them don't play, that's very good for our wide receiver group. Uh, Dan Chizina, I guess. I don't really know who that is. It's a wide receiver. who's very low on their list, but it was limited. C.J. Ham was the fullback. He was full practice, and Adam Thielen is on the injury report, but was full practice. So I'm assuming that Adam Thielen will still be playing. Um, so those, it looks like the injury report is leaning towards Vikings having a, um, a slight leg up there, uh, which we're going to you know keep an eye on that. We're going to be uh, definitely looking at that before the game. We'll be, we'll be putting it out on our social media, uh, which we do have up and running. So make sure to follow us to keep up on those. And then let's move into our trade deadline here. So we've been talking about in our past few weeks about the trade deadline. And so the trade deadline came and went. And here's all of the moves that were made during the during the trade deadline. Did you hear it? That's because there was none. That was a, such a boring <laughs> trade deadline. The Lions did not do anything it was such a boring trade deadline we did not trade one trade on trade deadline it was um what isaiah ford to the patriots who who cares right (laughs) yeah it was it was boring um so i mean we don't have much to talk about there we didn't make any moves besides the ever everson griffin one that we already talked about Uh, we didn't get rid of anybody so that's kind of what it is um so now we're going to get into the something that we think we know for this game. This has been a fun one. Jake, we're going to start off with you. Um, what is the one thing that you think you know for this Lions game? Dalvin Cook is coming off hot against the Packers. So I think, oh, I know he's going to have over 100 rushing yards against the Detroit Lions. Okay. And then... Um, Austin, let's go to yours with something that we think we know um, for this game. Uh, So, Hawkinson had seven receptions for 70-something yards last week. So, I'm going to go with Hawkinson gets 50-plus receiving yards this coming week. That's playing it safe. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. Well, the thing that I think I know for this game is that our corners are going to keep doing the same thing that they're doing, giving up these yards but not letting any big ones go. I think Justin Jefferson is going to get over 100 yard receiving on us. Um, I just I think Justin Jefferson is playing very well, and I don't think our secondaries can hold on to him right now. So that is what I think is going to happen for this game. And um, before we get to our underdog predictions, I forgot to mention one thing about our um, – Injury report, that is a very big thing that we do need to talk about, and that is about Matthew Stafford. He was put on the COVID IR, or not COVID IR, he was put on the COVID list, which he had to, yep, the COVID reserve, so he had to be put in, um, he had to not be in the facility for this entire week for practices, and he has to test negative every single day. And if he does test every single day negative, he will have a chance to play Sunday. Um, and it's looking like he will play Sunday. Um, but that is, I mean, something we're definitely going to want to keep a look at. And another thing that I forgot to mention, um, that Trey Flowers is now on IR. And then Galladay, like we talked about in the injury report, 
Galladay is not on IR, but he's not expected to play Sunday. So thank you for reminding me about that, Austin. That is definitely something we needed to talk about. Um, and then, so now we're going to switch back and talk about our underdog predictions. So Austin, I'm going to start with you. What is the underdog prediction that you have for this week? So the Broncos pulled off the upset over the Chargers last week. And yes, I know the Falcons have a terrible record right now. But according to CBS and FanDuel, they are a four-point favorite in this game. So I'm going to say the Broncos over the Falcons. Okay. That'll be a fun one. I, I think that Falcons are, are also a better team than what their record shows for sure. So <clears throat> that'll definitely be a fun one to watch. My underdog prediction for this week is the Chargers over the Raiders. Um, the Chargers um, are not don't have a great um, record so far. The Raiders start off the season very hot. I believe that they're starting to kind of switch where they were starting and where they are now at. So I think the Chargers are going to start playing a lot better. I think the Chargers over the Raiders, um, and that is my underdog prediction. Jake, who do you have for your underdog prediction for this week? Once again, I'm taking a bold prediction, and I'm choosing the Dolphins to beat the Cardinals. I yeah, like that's, Tua. Yeah, I Tua is fun good. to watch, and then the Dolphins' defense have actually been playing pretty well. So they do yeah. have a chance. They beat the Rams, so who knows? Right, exactly. So we're going to quick do our point overview here. I currently am still in the lead with two points. Austin is finally up on the board after his point. He got the Broncos beating the Chargers last week. So that is now up. He is up on the board with us. Jake is still sitting at his one point. And like I talked about earlier, we are now on social media. We're, We're out there. Please come and follow us. Um, we will kind of, we'll try to keep you updated on everything, um, as fast as we can. Um, but you know, follow us so we can keep you updated so we can get out there and get more people on to us. The Instagram for us is Westside Lions. It's very easy, just Westside Lions and we're right there. And then we are at Lions underscore Westside on Twitter. So go and check us out, follow us. Um, we will be keeping updated stuff on there and, That is going to be it for us this week. We will be back again next week with our overview of the Vikings and talking about the game after that. So thank you all so much for listening, and you all have a great day, and go Lions!